What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, July 25th, 2022. Miami Dolphins training camp is upon us this week. Let's get our minds right. Let's talk a little bit about what we've got to look forward to this week and the frame of mind we should carry throughout camp. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, July 24th, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, it's training camp week here, Locked on Dolphins. Veterans report on Tuesday, July 26th, so tomorrow. And uh, we've already had some, some news as it pertains to at least one major player on the Miami Dolphins, and uh, we'll have a reminder as far as why there's Nothing to be concerned about with the news that broke. Uh, we also have news about a former Miami Dolphins draft selection uh, who is setting sail and moving on to uh, the next chapter of his career um, and a big change. And I think that's where I'd like to start. And a tip of the cap uh, to Malcolm Perry, uh, the former Navy option quarterback, Dolphins seventh round pick, played for Miami played for New England after he was cut in the roster cutdown process last year, retiring to fulfill his commitments uh, to the Naval Service. So uh, cheers to Malcolm for getting drafted, fulfilling that lifelong dream, uh, and for the service that is yet to come. Uh, really, really cool story. Uh, but, but I remember the initial reaction that I had in the offseason last year when the Dolphins cut Malcolm Perry. And I thought that was um, a good reminder for as we get into this chapter of the Dolphins calendar uh, to just kind of revisit the, the contextual frame of minds that you carry into um, the, the player evaluation process and the team building process, right? Because I, I was hoping Malcolm Perry was going to make the team. And I was disappointed when Malcolm Perry ultimately got cut from the team and then plucked by the Patriots. It's, oh, of course, the Patriots going to go pick up another piece of Dolphins, uh, player, a player off the, the Dolphins cut heap and um, get that player in and, and download as much information as they can for the week one matchup with a, an unknown new offense. Um, <laughs> and sure enough, that's exactly what the Patriots did. But there's different levels of liking players like Kirk Merritt, right? Like Kirk Merritt, this was a Kirk Merritt fan podcast for <laughs> the entire time he was a member of the Miami Dolphins. But liking Kirk also came with the understanding and liking guys like Malcolm also comes with the understanding that their ability to impact your roster, at least in the here and now, is somewhat marginal, right? They're guys who probably aren't really steeply going to move the needle for you in that upcoming season. And I wanted to take that opportunity 
that thought process of guys that I really like and I hope am actively hoping make the roster. But guys that I know the likelihood of them, even if they do make the roster and ending up being like impactful players for Miami is pretty slim. Because there's a couple of guys on this list um, that I certainly think qualify for that distinguishment. I look in the secondary, and one of the guys that I was pulling for last year, who was a UDFA, who actually did make the roster, Trill Williams, um, and Elijah Campbell, who was a player who I was surprised to see the Dolphins claim off waiver wires from the Jets. It's like, well, the Jets, I mean, they're they're pretty barren in the secondary. Why are the Dolphins picking a guy like that up off the waiver wire? Well, it turns out he's a, a potential uh, special teams demon, this Elijah Campbell. so. Uh, Trill Williams and Elijah Campbell are two players who I understand coming into the offseason that or coming out of the offseason, I should say, are probably not going to be high impact players for the Miami Dolphins. But nevertheless, they are players that we are hoping for to make the roster because they're guys that I, I, I find myself pulling for. And I think there's a lot of potential and, and developmental long term upside there. I would also put Skylar Thompson in this bucket. Skylar Thompson is a player who um, plays this free-wielding, fearless brand of football that, that's very easy to enjoy and appreciate. Now, he'd be the third quarterback on the roster, and I don't think there's any question. You know, if Skylar Thompson plays football for you for any snaps at all, effectively, uh, something went terribly wrong with your season. But nevertheless, uh, he's a player who I want to see get the opportunity to stay here in Miami and be a player who has developed a little bit. But that doesn't happen if a player gets cut and somebody else likes his potential and you try and stash him on the practice squad. And then lo and behold, well, he gets claimed somebody else puts him as their QB2 or their QB3 on their roster instead because you had a numbers game with depth elsewhere and that player doesn't make it, doesn't make it onto your roster. I hope we don't find ourselves in that situation with Skylar Thompson. If I were to identify one more player, mm, one more player that I understand probably is not going to be an impactful member of the 2022 Miami Dolphins, but I'm actively hoping for to see, get the opportunity to stick on the roster so that the Dolphins can see it through. It's a tough call, but probably Zaquandre White the UDFA back out of South Carolina. He's a really fun player. He's got some electric skills at his disposal. Uh, he would be a player if we got to the end of cutdowns and he makes a splash in preseason, um, kind of like in the same light as Reed Sinnott, right? Like I, I'd be disappointed to see him go. Understanding full well the scope of the Dolphins this year, there's a difference between being devastated at players leaving because you think it's going to make the team worse and being disappointed that a player didn't make the active roster because you want to cheer for him as a person or you think there's developmental upside and, and think he plays a fun style of football, right? Because every football player, it's just art. It's an opportunity artistically to, to play the game with your brand and your style and put your, your twist on it. And um, sometimes you just really are encaptured by, by a player and how they play the game in that regard. So. Uh, those would be some of the players that I would point to. Elijah Campbell, 
Trill Williams, once again, Skylar Thompson's a quandary white. A couple of players um, that would could get the Malcolm Perry treatment for the Dolphins and not make the roster get plucked and go somewhere else. And, and I'd be disheartened to see that materialize the way that, that it did for Malcolm Perry. But cheers to Malcolm Perry uh, for uh, making it to the NFL and living out that dream of his. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, MLB, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports wagering information. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the next thing that I knew I wanted to tackle today on the show uh, was the news regarding Byron Jones. Uh, Byron Jones was earlier in the past few days placed on the um, PUP list, the physically unable to perform list. And I just want to remind Dolphins fans that now is not the time for fear uh, as it pertains to the PUP. This is pretty standard operating procedure for any player who has any kind of lingering surgery recovery or ailment that they need just a little bit more time, they're not going to be ready to go right at the jump. So the PUP list uh, is a designation that, that you can transition that player off of at any point. Now, if you are a player at the beginning of the actual season, not training camp, but the actual season, who is on the PUP list, you are ineligible to play for the first six games of the season. So that's an important distinguishment. Byron Jones on the PUP now. All good. We're chilling. Byron Jones on the PUP on September 11th is something that uh, we're going to have to be mentally prepared for Noah Igbenani or someone else to take that cornerback spot and run with it. Now, that's a very different place to be than where we are at right now. So I think it's it's good to. A refresh just because it's the the training camp roster procedures doesn't work exactly the same way they, those mechanics do in season thought it would be a good opportunity to just kind of brush everybody up on hey this is how these mechanics work so pup you're free to come off of at any point but once you are activated off the pup you have a certain timeline in which you have to be able to uh fully participate in practice. Now, even on the PUP, I believe you are allowed to do some light work at practice, but you are not allowed to do the full participation until you are a full go, uh, in which case you need to, to be activated off the PUP. Players who are placed on the PUP at the beginning of the regular season uh, are boxed out of playing for the first six games of the regular season. Injured reserve. If a player is placed on injured reserve during the offseason roster, that player is not eligible to return for the entirety of the season. But after roster cutdowns to an active 53-man roster, and remember, it is a 53-man roster with practice squad elevations. They do have expanded game day rosters, but you still have to cut the 53. After the 53-man roster cutdown, if you go on injured reserve, you are eligible to return after a handful of games. That's what we saw with 
Raquan Davis, when he injured his knee last year against the Patriots in week one, he missed the corresponding three weeks after that. He effectively first missed the first month of the season and then was able to return. So different mechanics uh, for different roster tools at your disposal to help you manage and make sure you have a full participation slate in training camp. Uh, so right now you want to use the PUP. You don't want to use the PUP during the regular season or at the start of the regular season unless you know that player is going to be out for at least a month and a half. You cannot use injured reserve right now unless you plan on kissing that player's entire season goodbye right off the jump. So um, just being mindful of those things. I know, I know people will see the news headline, Dolphins place Byron Jones on physically unable to perform. It's like, oh, Lord, he's not healthy. Here we go. Uh, some of these teams have like a quarter of their starters, a third of their starters on the PUP based off of offseason surgeries. And I remember Byron Jones in the offseason had the lower leg procedure done to help him recover from whatever the Achilles injury was or ankle injury or whatever it was that's kind of been lingering for him that he was able to play through last season. Uh, he had that procedure in the offseason. So it should not be a surprise to anybody that Byron Jones needs a little extra window to make sure he is fully geared up and ready to go for the start of training camp. Now, I want to get into um, training camp evaluation and my mindset going through training camp evaluation. Of course, uh, about a week from now, I will be down in camp for a week. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to getting the chance to see a lot of this for myself. But before we do, I am dropping this podcast early in hopes that anybody who's listening will stop what they are doing right now. And they will go to Chris Sims's Twitter and make sure you maximize the Dolphins fan base's opportunity to vote on the head coach quarterback battle royale that is currently taking place. And the reason why is because the Dolphins are in the finals of the which head coach quarterback combo would win an all-out brawl. And they're facing that team up north from northern New York. The two seed, by the way. Dolphins already beat the one seed in Vrabel and Tannehill. They're facing the two seed in the finals. There are 24,000 votes as of this recording time, which is 8 p.m. on Sunday evening. Uh, 24,000 votes. The Dolphins have 55% of the votes. They lead by five percentage points against Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. But here's the thing. Bills fans are convinced that we've hired bots to do voting. And um, the ease of joke at the expense of Tua Tungvaloa for a lot of casual fan bases who are not involved in this has seen this vote swing towards Buffalo. So you as a listener to this podcast, my official challenge to you is to make sure that you vote. There's 12 hours left. This poll closes at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I'm dropping the podcast at like midnight. So we'll have eight hours for anybody who listens to the pod. Here's looking at you, our overseas fans. Vote. Let's get this thing done. Uh, it would be really cool to see the Dolphins somehow manage uh, to pull this thing out and uh, get themselves 
uh, a little salt in the wound uh, for Chris Sims and the uh, the Dolphins uh, vitriol that, that they've been receiving courtesy of Chris Sims uh, throughout the course of the past year or so. So that, that would be really fun. Listen, guys, you got to level with me. We've all been in this situation at some point in our lives where we're a little tight on cash, right? Maybe you can only afford a few gallons of gas in your car. You get another save the date. You got to buy another wedding gift. Uh, I'm at that point in my life where I get probably five per year. I'm hoping that we're getting close to the end of that chapter. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly in extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest or credit check that's needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need a little extra help, download Dave and think of it, think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra cash account. Get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you. Well, thank you. So the last thing that I, I did want to touch on here, and it's just, it's just briefly, but it, I do think it's... It's good for me to share with all of you how I approach training camp. And everybody has the right to approach training camp and, and process training camp with um, their own respective point of view, their own respective sense of urgency, their own perspective sense of importance. But for me, training camp is for the vast majority of players, the vast majority of players on an off-season roster. Um, margins. Guys are already in buckets. You already kind of know what to expect. You have a general expectation for players. And sometimes players come way short of those bucketed expectations. This guy's a fringe starter on the roster. This guy's a fringe impact player. This guy's a fringe rosterable talent. Who are the other guys that go in that bucket? And then you do the math. And you suss it out and you figure out who exactly ends up getting the opportunities, who earns the opportunities based on the talent that is available to you at that given point in the offseason. So I, I will not be concerned with a report of a bad practice from Teron Armstead. I will not be concerned if Tyreek Hill drops three balls during a day of practice at training camp. I will not be concerned if Emmanuel Agba gets stonewalled and doesn't have a pressure all day. I will not be concerned if Javon Holland gambles aggressively during team drills and gives up a big play vertically. You know the sample size of these players, even the rookies, the sample size of 1,000 snaps or 800 snaps or 600 snaps versus training camp, which so much of that is install. It is the time to try new things. It's not the, it's not the area for me to read a report or see something on a one-day sample size for myself and be up in arms or to be distraught by the report. If you see something for three straight weeks, 
including in the preseason games, then yeah, I think we're probably going to be a little bit more concerned. But I do think the preseason games are a much more valuable tool for actually evaluating, understanding that they are in an exhibition setting and teams are going to be pocketing some of their more exotic stuff, some of their more nuanced stuff, some of their game plan specific stuff. I actually like evaluating players in an exhibition setting because it's less about, hey, we're going to scheme it up for you to win. And it's, hey, we might understand that in a typical game, we might not be running cover two here. It's not an advantageous look. Let's see how we do. Let's see what you do. Let's see if you can make a wrong play right. Let's see if you can transcend the adversity of a disadvantageous look for you. I think those evaluation opportunities, especially in a live setting, um, are very valuable. Now, the joint practices, that's it's a little bit of a different environment, right? Because you're, you're, you are popping. You are going against another team. There is a little bit more of a competitive nature that's involved. Um, but this is not, this is not to say that training camp practices themselves don't have value. If they didn't, I wouldn't be flying away from my 19 month old daughter and my wife to go down for Miami for a week to watch practice. Of course it has value, but it's more so for me about the margins. Who are the people in the same bucket that can separate themselves with the little things on a daily basis? I'm not going to come into camp and expect Eric Azukama to jump Cedric Wilson on the depth chart. I'm not going to come into camp and expect Robert Jones to supplant Robert Hunt and push Robert Hunt outside to right tackle. Right? There's a certain level of tiered expectation. And typically, you might move down or move up one tier, but you're not going to skip a bunch of the tiers along the way. And that in part goes back to the roster assessment that I did at the beginning of the offseason. We revisited after the draft and free agency to kind of look at, hey, here's the talent that the Dolphins have at their disposal. Throughout those shows, I've kind of already declared my expectations for the Dolphins as individual players. And we'll find out as this process plays out, which of those live up to that expectation, which of those fall marginally short, which of them marginally exceed those expectations, and who are most specifically the young talents who make the exponential leaps. Because the more Dolphins players who are those players, the second and third year players who make expansive leaps and bounds, those are going to be the players that determine how far this team goes and how impactful they can be and how much of a contender that they can be. So I'm excited to start that process. And we're going to start that this week because tomorrow, Dolphins vets arrive at camp. I hope you'll plan accordingly and take that ride with me. Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Make it a great Monday. I will talk with you all again tomorrow.